Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Steve Rosenblum, Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Welcome. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Gabe Ramirez, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 score, live and local for the next couple hours. Top of the hour, next hour, Shane Reardon. We will talk with him. Southsiders podcast with his partner. Oh, my God, look at that. It's Gabe Ramirez. That's right. And so, supposedly. Supposedly, we have our episodes Sunday and Thursday. <laughs> so, I was talking to Joe Ostrowski, who I absolutely love. We talk about gambling all the time. Uh-huh. And he I was on his show on Saturday and he asked me, he goes, Are you guys taking turns hosting that podcast? <laughs> no, nah, we're supposed to be on together. It just hasn't lined up quite just like that yet. Yeah, we're we're together again for the first time, whenever Shane can make it. All right. That's um so Shane will be here. We'll talk about Southsiders. They open the season-defining stretch, or maybe not. See, I bring that up because recent history tells us this. Look at the Braves of last year. Sure. They were bumping around a game under, game over, under. They were like, "Where this team's going nowhere. This is awful. This is ugly. Break it up. We're tired of you. You're not living up to what we expect. And then what happened? Well, they trade for Jorge Soler, and they trade they, they they make a couple deals, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden in August, they take off. Jock Peterson, former Cub Jock Peterson, and his pearls <laughs> are now memorialized on their championship rings. There is. There's a pearl. That's hilarious. On the Braves didn't know that. <laughs> World Series ring because That's of great. Jock Peterson. So... That kind of stuff happens. So you look at the Sox, you're okay, they're bumping around. Hey, look, they have an ace from Harvard-Westlake just like us. It's like a carbon copy. Yeah. 
And I think that, you know, the NL, the NL East was a, a crap show last year, just like the AL Central is this year. It's wide open still. It is. And so this crap show is coming to town for 15 games in the next 14 days for your White Sox. So we'll discuss that with Shane, and we'll discuss grilling and bourbon and beer and Rick Hahn and and whatever else Shane's doing. And, you know, for all of the many, <clears throat> many talents Shane has, the, the passion for the White Sox, the bourbon, the the grilling and his meats and stuff. Shane's call on pizza, spot on. Really? Of, of this show, of whatever show I do. I just I'm never on early enough when we can get a pizza delivered like today. Right. The <clears throat> Excalibur pizza? Never heard of it. Yeah. I hadn't either. Shane <laughs> Shane's call. Shane's good on pizza. So that will be at 10, 1020 Bart Winkler, who is on 1250 AM, the fan in Milwaukee. It's the evil dreaded Brewers and the underperforming, overperforming. What are the Cubs? I don't know. The rebuilding, not rebuilding They Cubs. are who we thought they were. <clears throat> I'm not sure. Yeah, come on. I'm they're, not sure. See, I'm very afraid of Seiya Suzuki turning into Kosuke Fukudomi. That's what he was doing. He had this great rookie month, right? Yeah. Then he became Kosuke Fukudome. And you look at Fukudome's year, and like every month he got worse. Maybe the best thing that happened to Suzuki was that he got hurt and he could just stop that. <laughs> but he was devolving into being another major expensive disappointment. And Strowman's been that way too. So maybe they can get hurt. It's a difference, but I just don't. They, you know, again, we're looking at the Cubs – and what are they? They are the trade deadline. They're the hub of the trade deadline, right? I mean, it's what you expect from the Cubs to make some moves as the deadline approaches, get some more bodies in here, some some uh, more youthful talent, some guys that hopefully you can swing and hit a homer on. But I think Saya, you know, it's, it's what you expect from just any new guy that's stepping into Major League Baseball, someone that is going to perform well in the beginning because pitchers need to figure them out. And but I think that it hurts him not being in because he doesn't have the opportunity to adjust, getting more at bats, seeing more pitches, so that that way he can kind of settle into who he's going to be as a player. Hopefully not. I mean, uh, Fukudome had some good some good moments. He had April. <laughs> right. you, you can look it up. Okay. He had nothing else. But don't you expect more from Saya? Why? I'm asking. No. Okay. I don't. I, I, it went exactly as you described. He came on. They didn't know how to pitch to him. Then they adjusted, and he was about to show whether he could adjust. Right. And then he got hurt. And maybe it made the best thing, because I have just this fear. I saw so much Fukudomi in this guy. <laughs> and that was a bad part of Cubs history, because the bar was set so high with with the home runs, and speaking of Milwaukee, and and that kind of debut. So, no, I don't think so. But you look at, do you expect Kyle Hendricks to be here? No, absolutely not. Yeah. You you have to, I mean, he's been pitching well as of late, or better, I should say. Yeah, he's say. pitching well enough to get yeah, traded. Well enough to he? get traded, right. And that's what you want if you're the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Hey, throw a couple quality starts in there. Get some, get some strikeouts, you know, eat up some innings so that that way a contender, someone that's on the cusp of contending, can give you some prospects in order to take on his contract and, and, and his, but he's the kind of pitcher who can be like a Verlander, a Lester, an elder statesman that when put in a position to perform well, 
you would assume that he can, you know, get to that level and pitch at that level. And and it'd be better for Hendricks too. Put him in a position to win. He doesn't want to be here with a mediocre squad. He wants to pitch for, you know, a championship team. And I think some, sometimes guys need that in the middle of their career. A little kick in the butt, you know? A little feel like they're playing for something instead of just going out every five days, you know, just to kind of pitch for themselves. I asked a question on Saturday of a guest and several guests, actually. So will Kyle Hendricks make a better Yankee, Red Sox, Ray, or Blue Jay? Blue Jay. Why? Less pressure than the Yankees. Less pressure? They're in second place. Yeah, so what? But they don't know what the expects them to division. win. No one expects them to win. They're hovering. They, their expectations are as high as the Yankees are. The Yankees right now are World Series or bust. So if you if you don't perform up to the, that level, then that's going to just probably ruin your career a little bit. So I would say get them out of there. The Rays, I don't think the Rays are good enough to even compete this year. I think they're just hovering around Look mediocrity. Look at their record. They're in the in yeah. the most difficult division. And I totally understand that. But they they're that team. They're, they're that team that lost to some bad teams. Your White they, Sox going to catch the Rays. I think the White Sox are going to catch the Twins. You do? I do. Why? Wholeheartedly. Because they can't, statistically speaking, they cannot be this bad for that for an entire season. See, you're wrong about that. No, I'm not wrong because the whole season hasn't happened yet. You are way wrong. I am not wrong because the whole season has not happened yet. So you cannot tell me that they're going to just hover in this land of trash. No, no, you said it's not possible for them. And I said it is possible for them. Fair. I'm not saying they will. I'm saying you're... You say they cannot possibly be this bad or this mediocre. For an entire season. And teams do this on a regular basis when they're expected to win. Talk about World Series or bust. Right now, the White Sox are a bust. We're supposed to be talking about your Cubs right now. No, I was actually <laughs> no. we're supposed to talk about the Bears. Oh, okay. You I, shifted to my White I, Sox. Geez, well, but, it, but because what the Cubs have influences baseball. Sure. Whether it's Hendricks. Okay. Whether it's Wilson Wilson Contreras, <laughs> and I don't know why the Cubs hate Wilson Contreras as much as the Yankees hate Aaron Judge. Why are you nego- Why wouldn't you negotiate with this guy? I agree with you. I, I just the the way the Cubs are being run strikes me as very. You can tell Theo's not here, mm. and here's why I drive this. I it looks like old Tribune ownership yes. mentality. Well said. And I know, I know it's it's a business, whether you've suffered biblical losses or not, and whether you want to believe any of that, and whether you've actually suffered baseball losses or whether giant Wrigleyville real estate notes have come due and been rewritten and you owe a lot of interest on a hotel and rooftops. I have no idea what all of that is, is involved, it, what is involved in all of that. And the number one rule in life is follow the money. Sure. I know that the central figures are here's your here's your catcher. He's an all-star catcher. He's the best catcher in baseball this year right now. A lot of numbers will tell you that. And you're looking like you don't want to pay him. This is what this is the franchise that let Greg told Greg Maddox to make a decision or walk. Yeah. And when they negotiated a contract at midseason in '92, they were knocking down Greg Maddox the way the Cubs were knocking down and almost got to the arbitration room with Wilson Contreras. And they said, Well, you've never won 20 games, you've never won a Cy Young. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, That's what they told him. 
That's what he told his agent. Oh, okay, well, watch this. And they got rid of him. And there was always the, here's what bothers me about the way I see this now, and Theo's not here. When Theo came in, he made it pretty clear. Tom, I'm not reporting to Crane Kenny. Hmm. He stays out of here. I am telling you what we're doing on the baseball side, and the key part is you. I'm reporting to you. No interference, nothing in the middle. I'm telling you how to act, which is the way it always should have been. The Bears just finally figured that out. Only George McCaskey doesn't know how to talk to a GM, and the GM doesn't know how to be a GM because players keep getting arrested, and he fires Uh. the guy in charge of trying to wrangle the players he signed. But this... Jed is not Theo, and Jed looks like a standard Tribune company GM stuck with a bunch of Tribune mentality of all the wonks from Tribune company, all the guys who are not to be trusted, and they're in the way. The Tribune company presidency used to be a – here was the gold watch. Here, we're going to give this – we're going to pass this around to the guy. You could – you get to be president of the Cubs now. <laughs> you tell them what to do. Yeah. And just don't spend too much money. We need we need the money. And Jed seems like he's caught trying to take on the responsibilities of not just identifying talent, making the team better, but because the owner claims to have whatever the owner claims about or chairman or the ownership claims about money and how they're going to make money, and whatever the business guy, in this case, Crane Kenny, former Tribune wonk, and Marquis, all of these money, all of these planets circling the team. Team should be the most important. Everything's built on the team. And yet the team seems to be getting less respect than the neighborhood, than the cable channel, than the betting parlor being built outside, (laughs) right? I mean, I'm not saying they haven't done great things in making, changing the face of turning it into Ricketsville. Sure. It's it's fun. And the the stadium, I love Wrigley. Um, I I love the idea of Wrigley, and I think that they've done a really good job with the, the video boards, and it's a better experience. But Jed's not Theo. And, and you see that mostly because I don't see Theo having being allowed to be dictated to the way Jed is. He just doesn't have, doesn't have the same freedom that Theo had. And I think that yeah. that's unfortunate because it's still a business and they can pinpoint a two-year window where they say to themselves, this, this is going to be the two years where we, we, we recoup some of this money. Where we're going to be, we're going to be in the black. Mm-hmm. And... Jed understands that, and he, his hands are a bit tied because he can't necessarily pull off maybe what he wants to because they're in that place right now, and I think the Cubs fans understand that. But that's what makes it Tribune-esque. Right, and, and understanding it doesn't mean you have to like it or be in favor of it. It feels, right. it feels insulting after you've won a World it Series. It is insulting. But, but it, it, and I, I'm just speculating on this. This is what it, this is what it feels like. To me, what, having seen Tribune Company ownership and seen what GMs do in that position and what, wh- who they're, who's dictating to whom, and I never, like you said, you don't get, you never got this feeling with Theo. Theo was 
was in charge and Theo was dictating to other people. And one of the things he dictated to Tom Ricketts was, that guy Crane Kenny stays away from me. <laughs> right. I'm doing baseball here. I don't get that with Jed. And he wasn't even allowed to call it a rebuild. Well, yeah. Clearly, you trade a Cy Young candidate for four guys, you got to take the Dairy Queen after a victory, <laughs> right? Yeah. How is that not a rebuild? Yeah, it's unfortunate the position they're in. They shouldn't be in that position. But I think, you know, Jed said it also. They fell in love with their guys for a little bit too long. And if if success would have continued post-World Series, probably wouldn't be having the conversations you're having right now. Players' failure had a lot to do with it. They yeah. didn't perform in the playoffs. They got worse. They came up one win or one series shorter every year since the World Series. So that had something to do with it. But you, whether if you were the Yankees, the Red Sox, or the Dodgers, how many years did the Dodgers keep? They've won, won a World on, Series. It was a very Braves-like yeah. run with few World Series, but always a threat, always sustain. And they kept it up. They and this is the team that goes signs the, the most important well, guy from the Braves. That's it. They're always adding talent. And I think that's what something the Cubs lacked in those years following the championship, adding pieces no matter who they were, instead of just assuming that your core guys was gonna were gonna take you to the promised land. And even they felt that themselves. You saw it in, in their play where they're like, ah, we'll get back to the playoffs, we'll turn it on eventually. And this unfortunately never happened. And I don't know when it will. I mean, if you're, I, I ask these people, I had a question I asked my baseball guests. I'm going to ask you. We'll take sure. a break, and we'll come back when we discuss the Cubs' future. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Gabe Ramirez. We are live and local on The Score, wishing you a safe, happy 4th of July. Don't light your steaks on fire. Or you should. You don't, No, you do light your steaks on not fire. Not your fingers. Not your fingers on. <laughs> don't become JPP. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Steve Rosenblum, Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. That's Gabe of Thrones and Chance the Rabbi to you. Powerful voice guy. Welcome and welcome back. We are here until 11 o'clock live and local on The Score. Top of the hour, Shane Reardon. We will talk um, Southsiders podcast. We'll finally get the two partners together because supposedly they do this thing on Sundays and Thursdays, but... They Actually, can't get together, so we booked Shane as a guest so he and Gabe could talk. I was going to ask you if, if we can get 30 minutes, we might just record <laughs> one on the yeah, show today. Sure, I'm, I'm good with that. Caesar, hit the record button when Shane gets on, yeah. and we'll just post that up on, and on Thursday. And Shane's interview with Rick Hahn was a delight, and we'll talk about that. And it's the 4th of July, you're going to grill, and Shane's got thoughts on all kinds of grilling. And he's, I'm telling you, his pizza recommendation was spot. On. Are you a barbecue guy? Are you gonna Are you gonna be heading to any barbecues today? I am not. I'm a COVID coward. I'm staying okay. away, Heard. and I'm just. I got. Uh, you could I've stay been outside. Married. I I know okay. I could. I've just been COVID coward, and I so I have a um, I have a flank steak marinating in teriyaki that will become dinner. Okay, that's what's gonna happen. That's it. Sounds good. Yeah, and you. No, I'm going to go play basketball after this, actually. Oh, good. I'll look for you in the ER. (laughs) You know, that's a very underrated 4th of July story. What? Emergency rooms. Okay. Because people like you, you know, you weekend warriors, you're just going to, or weekday warriors, whatever it is, holiday weekend warriors, 
you're going to get, I know of a lot. I, I've had 4th of July injuries. Okay. And I've seen them. I've seen knee surgeries required on the 4th of July. I've seen blood. I've seen one get together at a delightful little thing that would end in a, it was supposed sure. to end in a, in a bonfire mm-hmm. with s'mores in it. And it ended up with Sounds blood beautiful. and a bloody nose and a, and it's just, this is the kind of thing that happens. Then let me, let me put out a PSA for everyone that's about to be taking part in, you know, some 16 inch softball, maybe some pickup basketball, understand your percentages. And what I mean by that is that what percent you're going to play at, at what level that's of intensity. Good. And I, I'm a I'm a big sixty to sixty five percent guy, but I, I'm aware of that. I wasn't prior smart to. enough to do that. See, and that's where the injuries come in. Yeah, you try to play hundred percent, and most people haven't played basketball or baseball in since last summer, and so to try to play at hundred percent, yeah, you're you're bound for injury there. This happens a lot on the you know the turkey bowls that people play on yeah. Thanksgiving Day, right? I'm recapturing. Oh my yeah. Infant. I did. I I have suffered. Two knee injuries. One really? came in a oh, touch no. football game when I stepped in a gopher hole. I turned left. My knee went right. The other one was absolutely the worst because of the circumstances. It was a big family softball game. As they always is. And I was going to stretch that. I I went to the right center field. I went the other way. I beat the shift, and the ball rolls to the fence. I'm going to get myself an inside-the-park home run. And so now, instead of just stopping at third and going, okay, this is fine. No, I'm going to do And I twist around, and I twist around the catcher, and I jump on home plate, and my knee goes like a spinning top. Yeah. You were, you were 100%ing right there, Steve. I was. When it's, you should have been. I'm an idiot. I'm just an idiot. I'm so stupid. So I don't have that kind of – see, I became a writer because I thought there was no math involved, <laughs> and now you want me to do percentages and probabilities? <laughs> yeah. My favorite Awful. Uh, family holiday sports injury – my, we're playing same thing, family softball, and my uncle's the catcher, and his son is rounding third. Oh boy, this is this is the stuff that therapy is made out of. And he played football at Steinmetz High School, same one that Hugh Hefner went to, and he's rounding third, and it's a friendly family game, and all of a sudden he trucks his dad, my uncle, at home plate. <laughs> he trucked his dad. Tru- I mean, trucked him. Where now, Dad's not wearing a chest protector or knee pads, it's a right? Family game at a park, like we're barbecuing, drinking beers, and he trucks them, and everyone just gasps, like, <gasps> and he just bounces up. He's like, "What the? Were you thinking? Why would you?" He's like, "What? You were, you know, the typical son statement. What? You were blocking the play. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I mean, that story. We talk about that one all the time. So, what just, happened to the dad?" just got pissed walked off i mean but no hospitalization no, no hospitalization it's just wow. more of a funny moment where dad gets trucked by the sun as he's rounding third it's just it's phenomenal there you go there's family issues start. that's that's the yeah well i'm sure there was a, something there excellent an excellent start <laughs> to family therapy i had i had and it, it was a fourth of july and when it was at Vern's spacious estate Vernon Scott were brothers, and they're playing basketball, and it 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 ended up in blood somehow. I can't remember oh, if one of them went to the hospital or if a busted nose. But I bring this up because I remember that Vern offered one of the greatest wishes, theorems, one of the greatest hopes for the culling of the herd of humanity. Okay. Particularly appropriate now. He says it's his theory of gravity. He says, I wish gravity would cease for two minutes 
and the people who weren't smart enough to grab a tree would float away into space. <laughs> okay. My friend Vern Meyer said that, and I cling to that. I love that. If there's if there's a wish I could have for humanity, that would be it. Sounds like he's part of the Wake and Bake crew with thoughts like that. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He, but it's also, it's it's legit. It's good. Okay, look, I wanna, I've want i been talking about this. I want to get, oh, I asked a cub question. All right, we'll get to the, the Bears thing later. Who on this Cubs team that you've been watching, that we've been watching, the players we've watched come up, develop, in uniform, if they ever get to the point where Jed builds that next great Cubs team, or even the next mediocre Cubs team, who are you watching now who will be on that team? I think the easy answer is Christopher Morrell. Obviously, he's a gamer, you know, He's third baseman by trade, but they put him all over the field, and he performs particularly well there. He's a he's a twig in terms of weight, but it's unbelievable the amount of power that he has. And I think, but I think Keegan Thompson's one of those guys as well mm-hmm. that should be there, someone mm-hmm. that you should nurture and and continue to build around. But those would be the two. And then just because I'm a Sox fan, I'd say Nick Magical. Got to turn it around eventually if he can get healthy and get on the field. Look at oh, the yeah, eye you, roll. You Look at the eye probable. roll. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I'm just saying. I had to throw some shade there. I'm a Sox fan. I just say Nick Magical. That would be. That would be. Rafael Ortega's. A, 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 I'm a big fan of his as well. The, him as a person, he's really cool, and uh, I, I would like to see him stick around and be someone that you can kind of plug in here and there. But yeah, it's got to be Christopher Morel and Keegan Thompson. I mean, who who outside of that do you feel like is going to be sticking around? Well, see that gets us back to talking about Wilson Contreras. Would he still be around? Would you ha- and, and that if he's still around, that would define your window. Sure, but I don't know, and nobody knows what it is. Jed says it's going to be sooner than it was last time, and I don't see that. And you're going to have to make that whoever your Scott Feldman is that brings you a new version of Jake Arrieta and Pedro Strope, get on with that. That's what you need. I don't know how long it's going to take. Ian Happ. Ian Happ is playing well enough to get traded, but he's certainly a valuable player to any future Cubs success, potentially, right? Yes, I mean, no? you'd want him to be. Well, do they want him to be? Is he more valuable playing for him, or is he more valuable being traded for, you know, some more kids for you know who need a work permit? I mean, you're just going to get some double-A guys for, for Happ. It's not like you're going to get anyone that's a, a, a surefire prospect in that sense. No team is out there be, licking their chops for Ian Happ, I'll tell you that. That's why I brought up about Hendricks. <laughs> if if you if you can start a bidding war in the AL East, yeah. you get better products. For sure. I think he's a guy that definitely can get you back some prospects as well as Wilson Contreras, and that's what you really want. I think, I, I mean, because if you were to put a timetable on their window, how many years out would you say they are? A minimum of five. Five? I was going to be generous and say three. Why? Well, what three? How is this getting hurried up? I was who's, being generous. Who's coming? It's being nice. As you as you see, I'm I'm the po- I'm the positive nice guy on, on this station. Someone's got to be a realist. Someone, I know. Someone, you know what? You you are the one hitting the bong. You could be the president <laughs> of the, the Wake and Bake Club. <laughs> but I'm, but I don't I don't see where it got. Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele right behind him. Right sure. there's <clears throat> there's a a hint of starting pitching right now. The best. Cubs developed pitcher is Dylan Cease. He's not on the Cubs, <laughs> right? That's great, you're right. Yeah, okay. Right. The 
the idea that that momentum is the next day starting pitcher, your rotation. We saw what happened with the rotation and its importance in San Francisco this weekend with the Sox. True. And your best Cubs games have all been the kind where Keegan Thompson does what Keegan Thompson does. It's all about the pitching, and neither Jed nor Theo got it right. What they did get right was having a relationship with John Lester, and then John Lackey comes in, and John Lackey does. John Lackey is Lance Lynn. They're, the, yeah. they're the, kind of the same guy at, at just, okay, here comes country hardball. Let's play it. And the Cubs, not under Theo and Jed and not under Jed, have developed any, you know, lockdown guaranteed pitching a, a guy at top of the rotation arm. But those are guys that they brought in as opposed to guys that they, you know, traded for. And, and, and so I think if they're trying to duplicate what they did in years past, the Hendricks-Contreras combo can get you some young guns that can be your offensive powers, and and then they can bring in some pitching via free agency in the years to come. That, that would be the quickest route if they were to try to get back within three years. I don't know what the quick route is. I don't know that there, where's the quick route. There, a lot of what, a lot of what Theo and Jed did in Boston, those loopholes have been closed. And what they did in Chicago was one of those loopholes, the whole idea of the Scott Feldman, that there is that sign and trade. I think Marcus Stroman would have been a sign and trade. He would have been the midseason flip. He's that guy. He would, but then he got hurt. Now he's not that guy. And, and, some of those things have been they've leveled the playing field. They've they've helped the stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and and one of the things that the Cubs benefited by was this the smarts of Ted and Gio. Sure. Uh, Theo and Judd. And they benefited by guys who found a way to create their own loopholes. And now baseball decided to play to the lowest common denominator, the lowest well, there aren't many Mensa members in there, but they catered to the stupid. And now it's longer. That's why I say five years. I don't see how five is this years getting is tough. Good? That's a tough pill to swallow if you're a Cub fan to oh. think that you're five years out from being competitive. Okay, look at the Angels roster compared to the Cubs roster. Okay. Who's is better? I would say the Angels. Yeah, they haven't made the playoffs in seven years. <laughs> you set me up for that one. Okay. But I'm but I'm serious. Yeah, I'm, yeah. You have Trout and Otani and and Anthony Rendon when he's healthy, and you Wow, you're starting with Trout and Otani. You're starting with Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth. Yeah. And you haven't been to the playoffs in seven years. And you're, the Cubs have a worse roster. So how is this getting better quickly? I guess you're, you're banking on the Brewers and the Cardinals going through that lull. When, in, did, in when the did the Cardinals <laughs> ever do that? <laughs> no, I said that's what you're banking on. Listen, I'm, trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to be the uh, ray of sunshine for okay, Cubs fans I, out and there. And I'm willing to be convinced. You just haven't convinced me. The Cardinals spend like a big market team. The Cubs are acting like a small market team. The hope is that you get some young prospects that can perform well from some of your big guns like Contreras and Hendricks. Okay. Then eventually they're playing well in two years. Wait, in two years? You think it only takes two years for a prospect to... I mean, that's the hope. You're hoping that, you know, you guys are getting up there. And then in year three is the beginning of that process where you become competitive and trying to compete for the NL Central. And then maybe year four and five is when you're hopefully in the thick of things. So I was right about five years. 
Three is when you begin to be competitive, and then five is when you probably are more realistically competitive. You're just lucky I can't count. All right. <laughs> I'm mathing over here gonna, on purpose. Yeah, you're mathing over there. <laughs> nice. All right, we'll take a break. We can come back. The Bears, the Bears did the dreaded Friday holiday news dump, and it smacks of paranoia and embarrassment and anger and just clown shoes. So we'll discuss that next. He's Gabe Ramirez. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Thanks for listening. We're live and local on The Score. Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Steve Rosenblum, Gabe Ramirez on 670, The Score. Hey, I know those guys. I'm one of them. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Gabe Ramirez. And the usual presence of Jake Kuda is with the show. We're talking about White Sox stuff he gave us earlier and now he heard our discussion about your cubs gabe stop it the cardinals haven't had a losing season in 15 years and the last time they lost 100 games was 1908 (laughs) how perfect is that thanks jay that is just outstanding he also we were talking out, about the big money Cardinals, yes. the big market Cardinals, and the small market Chicago Cubs. We were also talking about Yoan Moncada, and he had a, some put out some phenomenal stats about him too. Since World War II, players with 550 hits, 250 walks, and less than 15 double plays grounded into only one. You know who that is? Yoan Moncada. Right, and needs crutches and a walker and whatever else. Last 34 plate appearances, batting 355. Okay, that's good. Stop the, stop the thrashing of Yoan Moncada's back, baby. All right, so <laughs> Friday was the dreaded holiday news dump by the Bears. Ryan Poles fired director of engagement, Lamar Soup Campbell, one of the members of the committee that was assembled in the hiring that led to Ryan Poles. Ta-da! <laughs> Poles called Campbell, who was out of town on vacation, and dismissed him. Hi, you're on vacation. You're fired. So, Soup Campbell was the guy who, director of engagement, was the guy, you know, in the locker room, respected in the locker room, and obviously earned the trust of management because he was named to the committee that would interview all the suspects for the job that went to Ryan Poles. Ryan Poles, by the way, assigned two guys that have been arrested, okay? One for, I mean, you're dealing with a guy who is, two guys who have been arrested, he traded his best defensive player, let his best offensive weapon go, let his best special, best special teams player go. Signed a free agent who couldn't pass a physical. This is Ryan Poles, your rookie general manager. And failed to sign a right guard because he couldn't write a contract correctly. <laughs> this is your rookie general manager who just fired somebody on a holiday weekend, Friday news dump. So there's a lot to this story we don't know, right? And And... Which the good thing about it is because the rookie general manager didn't come out and answer for why. He didn't say anything. He did it on a Friday, which shows supreme, I don't know if it's cowardice, but they're embarrassed by it or they're angry about it. They're, they're vengeful about it. We can speculate on this. They've let us speculate because they haven't said <laughs> anything else. When you fire a guy on a holiday weekend like this and you do it, when you're the in the sport where they're the most paranoid, whatever your experience is, Gabe, when knowing yes. the variety of sports people we know, football, the most paranoid, most angry, and the most fearful of knowledge. They fear smart people in football. And they 
They make stuff up in their heads. The many voices in the paranoid football people's heads are like, I have no idea what was being said in Ryan Poles' head. I have no idea what to believe. I, I would think if you do something like this, it's pretty significant. It could be as simple as Ryan Poles was going to sign criminals <laughs> and Soup Campbell was supposed to keep them in line and did not wrangle the two guys, you know, Byron Pring- Pringle, the, the doing wheelies with a reckless and, and, and he's signing guys who are committing crimes and probably hold Soup Campbell responsible. I confess he did it, but this is the kind of, and it may not be true. What may be true. And the paranoia that runs through football teams, organizations, general managers, coaches, it's, it's rampant. It is a tangible thing to understand that they all fear that, conspiracies working against them. Sure. And it might be as a director of engagement, maybe and on the committee to hire the next GM, maybe polls found out that Sue Campbell wasn't a Ryan polls guy. That's what I think happened. That would be my speculation. Why? Why? Where, what leads you to that conclusion? And you don't need sure. to any evidence. This is a fun the, game, right? This is all yeah, speculation. This is great. The Bears put us in this. The Bears gave this to us. It's the gift from the Bears right. that we can speculate on their paranoia and conspiracy and their embarrassment and their vengefulness. You know who has your back when you're walking in for the first time? Yeah. And, and it's usually the guys who were yeah. you brought in, right? Not it, there it, before but, but you. But he probably heard through the grapevine that maybe he was one of the people that didn't have his back. Maybe... You know, he wasn't a fan of Ryan Poles. And then all of a sudden, I thought, I, I honestly, when I first heard the story, to be honest, Steve, I thought it was, and obviously this is speculation. This is just my brain going. We're, I'm here I love for drama. every bit yeah, of it. I love drama. So for me, it was like, you know, did he sleep with someone's wife or was it like, you know, one of those things. That's where, been known to cost people jobs. Exactly. So that was my initial thought because I'm like, why would they fire this guy? If he was on the board of bringing Ryan Poles in, I'm like, you know, what was it? Because it couldn't have been. And it seems so sneaky, the firing. You're just wondering if it had something something that was along those lines. Did you did you steal the Wi-Fi or something like that? Like something stupid. Did you, you know? steal the Wi-Fi? <laughs> yeah, like something stupid, you know? Because you can't imagine that it was just, he just woke up one day and was like, hey, you know what? I just want this guy gone. There has to have been something there that happened. But I love the fact that we can speculate. So, yeah, I think sleeping with someone's wife, I think that's really juicy. And that, you know, to me, that's a story that I would love to have been uncovered. Yeah. Because then it would make more sense, and you'd love it, and you'd be like, this is cool. This is the, a fun story. Ryan Poles has not addressed this. The Bears have not addressed this. Right. They just, but maybe they just don't think it's a big deal, and they're like, whatever. It's not a big wait, deal. The player of engagement? Or the, the the player engagement? So I can go guy on the A guy management decided should be on the committee to bring in the guy sure. who just fired Because he's been him. there for so long. But maybe I mean, player, player engagement, what is he doing? Bring Connect Four was it, into the locker room? Is he, is he, you know, like, what is he doing? Well, as as a is guy. Is he the guy who took him to Wrigley Field to go hit home runs? I I do not know what all the responsibilities were right. in which he could have violated some trust. But this smacks of betrayal, right? When you do something like this, you're angry when you do something like this. You're vengeful when you do something like this if you're Ryan Poles. You want to get back at somebody, mm. and you don't want to answer for it, so you're you're embarrassed by what you've done. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to say anything about it. And understand, here, here, further, whatever we can guess is fair game. 
I will tell you this. Whenever, if this ever gets addressed, they'll be lying to us. <laughs> yeah, I'm, regardless of what happens. Because the NFL is all about lying. That's part of their paranoia. That's part of their, their surrounding themselves only with people they know will protect them and have their back and all. They, they're about lying. And it doesn't matter to the fans. The fans don't matter to the NFL. The NFL has has no respect for the fans. You've seen it in different ways. Oh, yeah. Being honest doesn't I mean how being honest gets you nowhere. How many how many Super Bowls did George Washington win? Right? <laughs> okay. Okay. So being honest doesn't get you anywhere. <laughs> right. And disrespect for the fans is all the rage. We saw it here. We saw John Fox, we listened to him. Mm. He played fans for stupid. You you had George and Ted playing fans for stupid by buying into this Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy collaboration thing, collaboration thing, collaboration thing. You have and you have a guy as a rookie general manager who's looking every bit as a rookie. And you find out there's a big difference in making a suggestion as a personnel guy and making a decision as a general manager. Just ask Phil Emery. Yeah. There's tremendous paranoia, which leads to lying, which leads to covering your ass and leads to, we don't have to have respect for the fans. I mean, do you listen? And, and the image the bears portray, you listen to, you listen to the static scattered way that George McCaskey answers questions <laughs> And what kind of credibility does that have? <laughs> right. But but seriously, that's that's the face you're presenting. Ted actually, sweaty Teddy, Ted Ted Phillips, when he was getting all upset at people, and he would break out and but he presented a much more he was a better speaker. He is a better speaker. But you're dealing with an NFL that encourages lameness. You don't have to give the fans any respect. Right. So this is where we are with a rookie general manager and a rookie coach and repeated failure by the team chairman whose mom said he gets to do the job. <laughs> I love that you told the mom word. But what's the big issue for you there? Is it that they're lying? Is it that they fired this guy and there's no answers for it? Or is it the fact that you're, as you put it, the rookie GM is making rookie mistakes? Well, I... I, those questions would all be asked of Ryan Poles. Why did you fire him? And then there would be follow-up questions. What did he do wrong? And then you'd get some insight into the way the team, the locker room, way things are being handled, the way what the relationships are. Maybe, maybe he did it for the coach. Maybe Ryan Poles fired him because the coach, again, mm. bringing in everybody he knows from Indianapolis, right? Yeah. And Players again. Included. Soup Campbell was here before the coach got here, as well as the GM. Now, maybe the coach doesn't like what the player of engagement is doing in the locker room, the relationships he set up, things that may be said. Maybe the player of engagement wasn't a big fan of the coach who was brought in. I like that one better. Put some, <laughs> put some, put some heat on Eberflus. Give him some of the blame. Well, it, it might be. I, I don't know. This is the beauty of this segment is it's, that we can speculate as much as we want. We can. And it can be anything. And it could be everything. And with the Bears, 
the Occam's razor, William of Occam, a razor is the, the, the simplest answer is the right answer. Okay. That's, that's the, idea. which we'll never get. Uh, I don't think we will. <laughs> and, oh, we might when all they're, when they're all gone, we might get the, we might get the right answer, but it's called Occam's razor. The razor means it shaves everything else away. And then you're left with the bare obvious thing. And the most obvious thing for me in the NFL is they didn't trust Soup Campbell for something that might not even be real. Because mm. when you're paranoid, it doesn't have to be real. It just has to be real in your mind. It might not be factual. It might not be material, right? You might not have evidence. True. And it's really easy to fire someone if you know they weren't a fan of yours to begin with. And if they are... You know, trying to sabotage whatever it is you're trying to create. Not saying again, we get to speculate. That's the best part about this segment. Uh huh. And so maybe for whatever reason, he might have, you know, said a few bad things about the coach or the GM, and it got back to them, and they said, "Hey, you know what? We heard you're sleeping with people's wives, and you're out of here. (laughs) (laughs) You're out of here. We heard you were at the January 6th insurrection, and we can't have that. And it doesn't even have to be. I mean, you." You're right there. You're playing the game of operator. Yeah. You're trying to connect. <laughs> Someone says he says. And he's, right. And it, it went from, from that. And it may not even be true that he was not a fan of Ryan. Maybe he was a fan of Ryan Poles and Poles' hiring of the coach. But it may have gotten back to them in a different way. And we can't have this. We don't trust you. We don't yeah. believe you. You were here before we were, so you must be disloyal. So anyways, that's what your Bears did. I would like to... I, I would like to hear what Ryan Poles' answers are, this rookie who's signing guys who are breaking laws, <laughs> and maybe he blames Sue Campbell for them. I don't know what's going on. All right, we're that's it. I just wanted to get to that. I did not want to miss that on this holiday news dump Friday. We will take a break. When we come back, we will talk with Gabe's erstwhile podcast partner. <laughs> If he can break away from... I forgot his name. What is it again? I don't know. Let's ask okay. him when we get him. Sure. Chicago Sports Radio 670. The school. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.